0: Hey everybody! This is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God, and that's what I pray and hope for you today. That you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Revelation 1:8. Y en español yo soy el Alpha y la Omega, el principio y el fin. Apocalipsis 1, 8. and at, because Jesus is the beginning and the end, as we read through the Bible from beginning to end this year, we are very good. Al leer la Biblia de principio a fin este año estamos eso. Why? Because Jesus Christ is God's logos. He's the, he's the reason why. That's right. He's the ology. He's the reason why. And, you know, so far, we've just been discovering Christ through, can you believe it already, creation, the fall, Abel, Noah's Ark, Tower of Babel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and then a couple of weeks ago, On Palm Sunday, we looked at the Passover, right? We saw Jesus Christ through the Passover lamb. And then, of course, last Sunday was Easter, right? It was so wonderful to have everybody here to celebrate. Today, we're going to continue through the Bible, right? And we know that after the first Passover, when the lamb was sacrificed, and uh, this was the last big blow to Egypt. Well, second to last, we should say, uh, to, to Egypt, judgment on the gods of Egypt, right, and God brings his people, Israel, out of Egypt, and, you know, in reality, Pharaoh finally says, get out, right, and they do get out, about two million people, they start their trek, and they end up at the shore of the Red Sea, right, it's okay, answer, follow, hit it, let's do this together, all right. And what does Pharaoh decide? He changes his mind, right? Again. He's like, no, never mind. You can't go. So he and his big army go chasing after the Israelites, and they get to them near the shore of the Red Sea. And we know, long story short, what God does is that he causes a wind to blow all night that separates the sea to the right and to the left and dries out the seabed. And the Israelites cross through the dry ground to the other side of the Red Sea. And so Pharaoh's like, let's still go get them. And so Pharaoh and his army also try to cross the Red Sea. But what happens? God says, let me show everybody one last time that I am God and they are not. Right? And he lets the wind go. And the sea comes crashing down back on top of Pharaoh and drowns the whole army. And that is that, right? So now we get to the other side of the Red Sea. And now Israel finds themselves in the wilderness, right? They're in the desert, in the wilderness. All right. The last couple of Sundays have been very meaty, right? Been very meaty. It's been kind of like super mm, intense—the Passover lamb and the blood and all that, right? And then last Sunday, the not only Easter, the resurrection, but the whole doctrine of the resurrection of dead is what we talked about last Sunday, right? Yes. Yes. Would you like something slightly more simple today? All right. The last two Sundays were pretty hefty, and so I'm going to give you something. very simple today but it's so significant so significant and so powerful so i want to warn you not to miss out don't miss out on the significance of this because it seems so simple and also seems a little strange right there's a few strange stories in the bible right there's more than a few actually but today it might seem a little strange and it's so very simple that you could miss it if you're not paying close attention right Because we are finding Jesus, right, from cover to cover. So just before I jump into that, have you ever received something from an unexpected source? Have you ever experienced something in an unexpected way? I remember the biggest snowstorm I have ever seen was in the desert. Go figure. Totally unexpected. It snowed like 20 inches, and I was in the desert, okay? It's the most snow I've ever seen. And then I also remember this. I, I, I may not be the only one who's experienced this, but have you ever gone to the mailbox, and you open the mailbox, and you oh, you get an envelope that looks like a medical bill? Most of the time it is trying to charge you money, right? Well, one time I opened, I got it, and it looked like a medical bill, and I'm like, And then I opened it and something really strange happened. It wasn't a bill. It was a check. (laughs) Very strange. (laughs) And definitely unexpected. The title of today's message is The Gushing Rock. The Gushing Rock. For that we're going to go now to Exodus chapter 17. We're going to just read verses 1 through 6. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin Not sin as in sin, pecado, sin, evil. No, 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 sin as in Sinai, okay? The wilderness of sin or Sinai and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people, what did they do? They complained. It says once more because they'd already been doing it. Okay. Complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? You're trying to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? I mean, we're going to come back to this in just a minute. But what total disregard for the Lord and all that he had done for them. To bring them out of slavery in Egypt. Now they're complaining because they're thirsty. Okay. Then Moses cried out to the Lord. What should I do with these people? They're ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses. Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff. The one you used when you struck the water of the Nile. And call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock. Who will stand on the rock? Who? God. He said, I will stand before you on the rock. Okay? Very important. At Mount Sinai. Now let's read the next sentence together. Ready? Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Let's read that again. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told. And water gushed out as the elders looked on. Weird, huh? A gushing rock. Before I really dig into Christology with this story, I just want to say this. For all of us, starting with myself. Careful about complaining. Careful with complaining come on tell your neighbor it's not pretty tell your other neighbor careful because complaining listen this is so important for all of us has anyone in the room ever experienced the goodness of God Has anybody in here been rescued and saved? Has anybody in here received new life? Has anybody in here had their sins pardoned? Careful with complaining because complaining flows from an ungrateful heart and an unbridled tongue. When we complain, we are embracing ungratefulness in our heart when we choose to complain we are choosing to not remember the goodness of God towards us because look at me are there sometimes things that we could complain about or let me restate that are there sometimes things that could be an opportunity to complain not that we should complain, but could be an opportunity. Some things that are difficult or challenging or seemingly unfair. Or am I the only one who's ever experienced something like that? But the thing is, when we choose to complain, we are forgetting to remember. We're forgetting to remember the goodness of God complaining flows from an ungrateful heart and an unbridled tongue. We're choosing not to have control over our tongue and what we speak. Because how many of you know you can feel something and blab it or you can feel something, get it under control and not say it. Sometimes you can feel like I'm complaining and choose not to do it. Come on. Right? Well, these guys intentionally chose to forget God's goodness, I guess. Because... Not only did they complain, but they were like angry and complaining about what God had done for their good. He had brought them out of Egypt. You guys, they were slaves. They had been slaves for generations. And their complaints now, just because they were in a moment of thirst and now. Was being thirsty a legitimate, you know, thing to want to get dealt with? Right? Out here in the desert, I'm thirsty. Like, is it okay to want water in the desert? Yes. It is okay. There is a big difference between asking for something and complaining about something. It would have been totally fine if they would have said, now Moses... How about you go ask the Lord what we're supposed to do about the water issue? We'd like something to drink. That's different than complaining about it. Israel's complaining revealed a total distrust or mistrust in the Lord's character. They did not trust him, even though they had experienced all he had just done for them in Egypt by setting them free from slavery. They'd only walked a little bit. This was kind of the first challenge they were facing, the first hardship after the Red Sea, anyway, right? And they're complaining about it. Rather than trusting in the one who just delivered them from slavery, they don't trust that he can also give them something to drink. What's harder? Deliverance from slavery? Or a glass of water. Hello. But they didn't trust him. And you guys, this isn't just like a bad character trait. This is a terrible sin. Israel preferred slavery over sovereignty. They preferred to be slaves to somebody else rather than letting God be their sovereign king and take care of them. Israel preferred tyranny over trust to have someone dominate them. Oh, but they got water. And you read later and it says garlic and melons and other things. It's fine. But rather than to trust in almighty God, they preferred tyranny. Israel preferred easy over emancipation. It was easy because in Egypt they had all they wanted, but they weren't free. an insult to God what an insult to God's good heart his mercy his kindness his deliverance and we sit there quietly because sometimes all we do is walk a little bit with Jesus we face a trial and we do the same thing I've done it you ever complain And then later you get past it and you realize, yikes. Thank God for his continued mercy because he could have struck me down right there. Complaining is not a bad personality trait. Look at me. It's not that. It is that. (laughs) It really is that. I mean, complainers... Might be my biggest personality pet peeve (laughs) when somebody complains all the time. When people don't realize how good they actually got it. When people forget to remember how good God's already been to them. But you know what? That worst personality pet peeve, I've done it. Have you? Look at me. It's not a bad character trait it's sin it's sin but instead of striking israel for their sin god told moses to strike the rock where he was standing let me say that again i want you to i want you to let that just sink in okay Instead of God striking Israel down for their sin, he stood on the rock, God stood on the rock, and God told Moses to strike him, to strike the rock where he was instead. Can you guess whom the rock represents? There's Jesus again. There he is. The people of Israel deserved to be struck down for their sin, but God told Moses to strike the rock instead, which represented Jesus Christ. He was looking ahead to Christ. Instead of God punishing us, me, and you for our sin, God brought the rod of judgment on Jesus at the cross. Come on, tell somebody. He took the hit. He took the hit instead. I'll stand on the rock, and you strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. What amazing love. What amazing mercy. What incredible kindness, the kindness of God, who doesn't quickly get angry and punish us for sin, though he could because he's righteous, right? He doesn't quickly get angry and strike us down for our sin, but instead he's merciful And in our place, Jesus took the hit on the cross. Jesus was struck. Jesus was struck down. He took the rod. He got hit by the staff instead of us for sin. Maybe some of you are sitting there going, Pastor Hunter, are you sure that that's what that story is all about? If you're not 100% convinced yet, 1 Corinthians 10 says this. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock... Was Christ. There it is. Now, I told you it's going to be simple. So, here you go. When God saved Israel and gave them water to drink, he was looking ahead to the new creation through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his son so we could be saved and filled with the holy spirit i want to say it again when god saved israel and gave them water to drink he was looking ahead to the new creation right now the bible says anyone in christ is a new creation we're made new we're totally renewed okay he was looking ahead to the new creation through the sacrifice of Jesus, his son, so two things could happen. We could be saved and filled with his spirit. How is that? Number one, we're saved by the rock who is Christ. As Moses struck the rock where God stood, Jesus was nailed to the cross for our sins. He took the hit. Why? Because the punishment for sin, the wages of sin, the penalty for sin is death. He took on our death. He paid the price for our sin. That is mercy. Instead of us receiving the penalty of our sin, he was struck down instead. And instead of us paying the penalty, now we're pardoned. We're forgiven. Come on, say mercy. He took it for us. Maybe you could just tell Jesus right now, thank you for taking the hit. And number two, Jesus. When God saved Israel and gave him water, he was looking ahead to Jesus so we could be filled with the spirit. Because Jesus now is so important, so simple, so important. When we come to Jesus, when we strike the rock, water comes gushing out. It's the living water that he talked about that would flow from the inside of us. He's the rock That saves, but he's also the rock that flows with living water. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to drink without limits. And you can't get the Holy Spirit from anywhere else. Come on now. I don't care what people think they feel and think they know. You can only get the Holy Spirit from Jesus. That's the only rock you can strike for the living water to flow. Anything else is a fraud. But when you strike Jesus, when you tap into Jesus, when you trust in Jesus, the rock, Living water is going to flow. Jesus is the rock who was struck that now provides living water. And as R.J. comes back, I want you to just look at John 7. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds anyone who anyone who believes in me may come and drink who anyone who what believes in me in Christ The rock may come and drink. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from where? From his heart. When he said living water, Jesus was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit hadn't yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. The Spirit had not yet been given because the rock had not yet been struck. For This is so powerful, you guys. I know that was quick and simple. But for us to have the Spirit of God now living on the inside of us, heaven in earth, the connection of heaven and earth, Jesus had to be struck down. Sin had to be dealt with and removed, the rock had to be struck. And Jesus went to the cross. Not only so that we could be forgiven, but so we could experience that which is on the other side of forgiveness. The fullness of the Spirit of God in us. God wants to live inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And He wants you to experience His presence without limits. He's the rock that gushes and flows for us to have plenty to drink. Living water is a reference to an artesian well, which is a well that never runs dry. There's always fresh water to access. Jesus gives the living water and only Jesus. So the question today is, have you been saved By faith in the sacrifice of of Christ. Have you struck the rock? Have you put your faith in? Have you trusted in the one who took the hit for you? Are you still trying to work it out yourself? Trust me, you can't take the hit. It'll kill you. But he already took the hit and it killed him, but he rose from the grave and defeated death and sin forevermore. So when we come to him, the rock of our salvation, come on somebody. When we come to him who is the rock, we're forgiven, we're saved. But it doesn't stop there. And sadly, too many people stop there. I come to the rock who is Christ. I'm forgiven of my sins. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, what about the gushing water? The Holy Spirit is available for you. And if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can today. We're going to have an opportunity for anyone who's never been filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. But first, I want to ask if everyone would just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. The question is, have you trusted in Christ to save you? Have you accepted his sacrifice? Have you come to him? Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty can come to me. And rivers of living water will flow from his heart but you have to first come to Christ and just for the next few moments if we could avoid going in and out okay for respect of the presence of the Lord in one another listen if you've never come to Christ or maybe you came to Christ at some point in your life but you've gotten away from Christ and you need to come back to Christ right now is the moment to trust in the rock who was struck for you, the one who took the hit for our sins. Put your faith in him. Put your trust in him, and all your sins will be washed away. But you have to come to Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.